Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, joined this week by producer for Locked On Hornets, Claire James, in place of David Walker, who is on vacation. Claire, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. There we go. I was wondering if the camera was going to change. So, hey, we're, we're experimenting <laughs> with uh, video right now, which if you're listening to the podcast, you're obviously not seeing, uh, but the summer is for trying things, Claire, and that's what we're doing. We're experimenting. This is basically our summer league. And I like it. I like it. Adds another dimension to everything. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know, We you might see this uh, somewhere. We might post it uh, maybe to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash LOH, maybe to YouTube. I don't know. Uh, but I do know one. I do know one thing. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Uh, go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. Big show today. We've got a lot to talk about. Michael Carter-Williams, uh, reportedly a Charlotte Hornet, uh, according to him on Twitter and others <laughs> as well, uh, still has yet to sign his deal that can't happen until july 6th we'll get into some of that plus summer league plus a few other news and notes later on in the show around the charlotte hornets but let's start with the reports over the weekend that the hornets have agreed in principle with michael carter williams on a one-year 2.7 million dollar free agent deal teams and players are not allowed to make anything official until june 6th mcw tweeted on saturday quote so happy to be joining the hornets this year Thank you to Chicago for having me. I appreciate it. Time to move to the next chapter. Carter Williams was the 2014 Rookie of the Year. He did spend last year with the Bulls, where he set career lows in a lot of categories, both in total production and efficiency. Claire, listeners got a good dose of my thoughts on Saturday's special reaction show. What were your initial thoughts to the deal? And now that you've had some time to think it over, what do you think now? Yeah, so my initial reaction was basically that I I like it, honestly. I, he's a big point guard, 6'6". Um, he's a viable backup point guard, which is something that the Hornets really needed this offseason. Um, and that's something that they really uh, – I'm glad that they went after him. I'm glad that they recognized that that was a need for him and that they went and, and got him. So um, now, though, I mean, yes, yeah, so – excuse me, the career lows are concerning, but at the same time, no one on the Bulls really had a fantastic season other than like Jimmy Butler last year. So, I mean, I'm not yet. I mean, yeah, it's concerning, but I'm not, I guess, overly concerned just given how the Bulls were kind of handled last year. So, I mean, we'll see. It might turn into another Jeremy Lin situation 
I mean, we never know. Well, and that's certainly, I think, Claire, what the Hornets are hoping. And this deal, I think one year, $2.7 million deal for a player that did not have a great season last year, smells familiar. And it may seem familiar to the Jeremy Lin situation as well. I think there are a few key differences in that. Uh, you you do mention that the Bulls definitely struggled last season, and you saw Michael Carter Williams not only deal with an injury, but then Rondo in and out of the lineup. Michael Carter Williams went from bench player to starter, and right. you know his role shifted around a little bit. But I think with Lynn, uh, he wasn't getting along with his coach in Los Angeles, and that entire team was was a real disaster. Whereas yeah. I think Fred Hoiberg sort of had more. Uh, more control over that team and the direction that it was going in, even though it was a little bit in flux. So I think it was it was more of a situation of a scenario for Lynn than it probably was Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, but mm-hmm. certainly Michael Carter-Williams has all the incentive in the world to come to Charlotte, a good situation for him, I think, and a chance to revamp his career. And the Hornets will certainly hope uh, that he does that. Here's my question, Claire. Mm-hmm. Why specifically would the Hornets target Michael Carter-Williams this early in the free agent process, specifically to back up Kimba Walker? So um, really quick on Fred Hoiberg. I think that <clears throat> while Fred Hoiberg is a really good coach, he is a very methodical coach with a bunch of running gunners on his team. And so when you kind of put those two together, sometimes they don't always mesh very well. And to me, I think Michael Carter Williams is a run and gunner. Um, And I think that coach Clifford, this is another example of how around the league, I think coach Clifford is kind of looked at as the coach to kind of go to, if you want to revamp your career, Um, because he understands players tendencies really well. And he really understands how to bring out the best in them. Um, And so, I mean, whether that's, you know, for Jeremy Lin or whatever, I mean, there's a few cases where that didn't happen. Roy Hibbert being the most obvious one, but at the same time, I do think that um, for him to come to Charlotte is an indication that he does want to, kind of revamp his career. Yeah, and certainly two seasons ago, they bring in Jeremy Lin, and that was a little bit of a – it's a high-profile player. He had gone into a little bit of obscurity as he moved on to Los Angeles. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, then you saw last season they bring in two other projects in Roy Hibbert and Marco Bellinelli, but those were really low-key players, and now a year – and that didn't necessarily work out for the team, and now for a variety of reasons – But now they go back again to getting these high-profile reclamation projects, both in Michael Carter-Williams, who, again, was Rookie of the Year in 2014, and then Mm -hmm. also uh, Dwight Howard, who has struggled over the past few years in different situations. So it'll be interesting to see the differences. Yeah, for the Hornets and for a couple players as well. Uh, What shocked me about this deal was how quickly it happened, Claire. After Langston Galloway signed for $7 million, I thought the Hornets would have to step back. They'd have to wait, sort of see where the free agent landscape was going to land, specifically in the backup point guard area. But there were reasons to move quickly. The Hornets don't have much wiggle room financially, and finding someone who would take a small portion of that mid-level exception that they have would bring some certainty to the remaining cash they have to offer to the one or two needs they will target next season. So whether it was backup point guard or maybe some more wing defense, whatever they addressed, it was probably um, uh, important that they address it quickly so that they knew how much they had moving forward. But do you think that they may have moved too quickly in addressing that point guard depth? Well, I think that, no, because I think that this has been an issue that, 
the Hornets have had basically since before last season. And so, um, and I think that Michael Carter Williams is a viable backup point guard in it. One year, 2.7 is not expensive. You know, it's, it's not, I think that's a pretty good deal for both the Hornets and Michael Carter Williams. And so um, I think that while he might have, um, and especially because like, I mean, well, ever since the, the cap went up, I guess my, my, uh, baseline for like what's an acceptable deal has kind of been in flux recently because I mean like you know the cap the cap went up and people are getting these you know ridiculous fast money and everything like that and I, I so I'm like yeah 2.7 that sounds about right for a backup point guard um for one year um and someone who like I said I think that he could come in and you know, try try and revamp, like I said, revamp his career. Now, yeah, that's more expensive than what Jeremy Lin was a few years ago, but that's also before the cap went up too. So um, I don't think that they move too quickly necessarily. I think that, um, like, because, I mean, like I said, the main thing is that they, uh, you know, they've had this need for, I mean, basically two years now. All right, we'll go back uh, to Saturday's first reaction shows to hear Sean Hyken, host of Locked on Bulls, with his analysis of MCW season last uh, last year. And we'll, we will dig into that as well as the weeks progress. And according to Mark Spears of ESPN, MCW had interest from Houston, Dallas, New Orleans, among others. So there were other teams uh, that believed that MCW uh, could – uh, you know, make some strides and, and reclaim uh, part of that early glory in his career. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. have to see. Well, it's, I think it would be interesting to find out why Michael Carter Williams chose Charlotte to do that and right. uh, what he thinks uh, that Coach Clifford and others can bring to his game. Okay, real quick, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has always been a confusing process for a long time. It's been tough to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And the problem is... None of the older ticket sites want to do anything about that. But our friends at SeatGeek, they're different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. With just a couple of taps on the app, you can find out where the best deals are because they search a variety of ticket sites, saving you time and money. They do all the work. You save money. It's a great deal for fans of sports and concerts. I just used it yesterday to buy tickets to go see the Charlotte Knights because I thought Freddie Freeman, one of my favorite baseball players uh, for the Atlanta Braves, was going to be in town. But he was taking the day off from his rehab assignment. He's going, yeah, he's going to play tonight. So I use SeatGeek again to get tickets for tonight because, you know, listen, it's drive down to Atlanta and see him or, or walk across the street. Right. Uh, I, I chose to walk across the street, so because I'm lazy. All is well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, to get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. And you want to enter our promo code LO Hornets. That's LO Hornets. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Hornets today. Let's turn our attention now to Orlando, where the Hornets are well into summer league action. Charlotte mm-hmm. is fielding one of the more veteran teams with three <clears throat> players who saw regular season time in 2016 and 17. Add to that Dwayne Bacon, the Hornets' second round selection, who has summer league and training camp to prove that he can hack it. That all adds up to one of the more important summer leagues for the Hornets in recent memory. As important as a summer league can realistically get, 
I spoke with Chris Barnwall, writer for uh, CBS Sports com who is down in Orlando covering the event. We ran down some evaluations of Hornets players to watch, beginning with point guard Briante Weber. He's too good to be there. Like he was on the Heat last year in summer league, and he was really good then. This year is just the only time that he ever doesn't look like he's playing well is because it typically involves him playing with other people that aren't at his skill level. Like summer league's really sloppy. It's really disorganized. You see people fall down a lot, and that's not a really good environment for a point guard. Well, him, you you see him. He's directing everyone where to be. He's constantly getting into passing lanes and disrupting people because that's what he does on defense. He's a total harasser. Like, is you watch him, and it's really difficult to believe that he should be there for any reason other than to prove to Charlotte that he's staying in shape. Yeah, I know the the ones the strength that Briante Weber brings is his energy level and his uh, competitiveness on defense. But the one thing I think that the team was probably looking for from him uh, is an ability to run an offense, uh, to effectively manage an offense, and not turn the ball over. And through these first two games, it's it's been a little shaky at times for him. It seems like he sort of penetrates without really a, a plan of what to do, eats some shot clock, and has had some really bad turnovers, I think, back to the uh, backcourt violation that he had in that first game. What have you seen from him uh, offensively uh, that may uh, that may concern you or may uh, give you some optimism about what he can do offensively this season? The disorganization of it, I think, has more to do with uh, his struggles on offense, especially with the turnovers, and it has to do with his actual skill set. But it does make you kind of wonder how much of an NBA player this guy is. Because we watched him last year towards the end of the Charlotte season, and he was great. Well, great a little strong, but he was good. He was fine. So you assume that's what you're going to get again, but maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. He was. I don't know. It's summer league, so it's really hard to pinpoint that and put too much into it. I think he's going to get the contract, though, at least, or at least the roster spot. One guy that's had a fantastic summer league so far is Trevion Graham. Had a double-double in the first game, 16 points, 13 rebounds. How did he do in day two of summer league for the Charlotte Hornets? He does everything they ask of him. He's on the perimeter when he when they he runs plays perfectly. He's on the perimeter. He's attacking on defense. He's pulling down rebounds. He's running exactly the way they want him to. He looks great. He's also another guy that is kind of too good for him. Not as much in the sense that it's not as obvious because he more runs himself to the system, but the, the Hornets definitely wanted to see that out of him because they didn't get to see him too much in games last year, but he's definitely a player that's probably too good for summer league at this point. And uh, finally, let's move to Dwayne Bacon, the second-round pick. No Malik Monk in this summer league. Obviously, that's a disappointment for Hornets fans, but they do get a look at the second-rounder in Dwayne Bacon. Uh, What have you seen from him in summer league? He's just kind of out there. It's not. I'm not saying that as a criticism because that's not a bad thing. He's not playing bad, which that's good. You don't want your rookies are playing bad in summer league, but he's just kind of existing, which – in game one, he had a couple fun plays. In the second game, he was just kind of out there. He was fine. He would do his thing. The most thing I've really recognized from him, though, he's a gunner at heart. That dude, if he has a shot that he wants to take, he will shoot it. He's going to develop into an NBA gunner of some kind. He has no fear on a shot, which that's fun. Big thanks to Chris Barnwall there of CBS Sports. 
Chris.com, formerly of our friends at At The Hive. Always love talking to Chris, who is down in Orlando covering uh, the Orlando Summer League for CBSSports.com. And uh, I, we did a full interview, including some players that some other players on other teams that he really likes. So if you want to hear that, going to post the full thing on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash LOH. Go and check it out. It's a great way uh, to show your support for the show, to help support local journalism, uh, patreon.com forward slash LOH for just as little as a buck a month. Uh, you can help keep our hive alive. All right, Claire, what have your early impressions been out of summer league so far? So, um, first off, I mean, I've been impressed by Dwayne Bacon, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect from him going into the summer league. And I think that he's shown that he's, I mean, number one, really trying to make the roster. And number two, um, that he might be a little bit more, um, uh, sorry. There we go. That was Dwayne. He was, that was Dwayne Bacon calling. He's really appreciated your comments. (laughs) No, but I think he might be a little bit more versatile than previously thought. Maybe So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, and Chris Barnwell is right. I mean, the summer league, these, a lot of these guys were only drafted what two weeks ago. And so it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy. So, um, you know, he's, he's absolutely right in his assessment that um, we're going to have to, we're going to have to kind of, pump the brakes on her a little bit. Now, as far as um, Briante Weber, I, I agree and disagree with what Chris Barnwell is saying. Like, first off, I think that, um, yes, he, uh, you know, as, as we're looking at it right now, he is too good to be in the summer league. However, given the Hornets situation, again, going to that backup point guard slot, I think what he's trying to do right now is prove that he can be that third point guard. Um, and I think that that's his main goal right now. And that's what he needs to be able to show. Um, and right now, I guess I'm only convinced because he is, he is that by default. Um, I think that he does still need to show that he can, um, control the offense a little bit better, um, that he can go out there and say, you know, right. Because that backcourt violation that you mentioned in that, um, that was concerning to me because he just seemed to kind of lose control a little bit. Yeah, lose control and, and a mental error as well. And I think yeah. Briante Weber still looks extremely comfortable on the defensive end of the of the ball, still yes. extremely aggressive, getting steals, getting out into transitioning transition and finishing uh, well in transition. But those right. are all things that we knew he could do. I think look we can all give the disclaimer that it's summer league and it's tough to make uh tough to make uh, you know, sort of determinations based on what's going on out there. But the fact is, there are a lot of Hornet staff in attendance to this summer league. This is a very important summer league for Weber, for Trevion Graham, who we'll get to in a moment, for Johnny O'Brien, and also yep. for Dwayne Bacon, uh, Clifford Cho, Silas. They've all been spotted in Orlando. So I think a lot's at stake uh, for some of these players out there, and, and they have to absolutely play like it. And I think Briante. They know what he can do on defense. They know his energy level. They know the intensity. He showed that in the regular season last year. Now it's about can he run an offense? Uh, can he not turn the ball over? Can he make smart decisions with the ball? And so often already in summer league, you've seen him sort of penetrate without a plan, without exactly. without you know sort of eating shot clock, without knowing where the ball is going to go next. And that's not something you want to see uh, out of your point guard in a Steve Clifford system. I want to move on to Trevion Graham. He's been more aggressive, 
more confident, and stronger physically than I've seen him at any point in his tenure with Charlotte. He's doing things that signal to me, Claire, that he could see some time at backup three if his progression continues into training camp. 16 and 13 in the first game. And uh, what were the stats in the second one? 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and very efficient offensively as well as he looks to really drive aggressively and finish through contact. I mean, you can't be anything but impressed with what Trevion Graham has done, Claire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it proved that he took this off season and he put in the work and he was just like, you know what? I want to really try and make the roster this year. I'm, I'm done with D league. I'm done with all that. You know, I want to, I want to make the roster this year. And so I think that he really put in the work and he's trying to, to prove that. And, and so far, I think it shows you're absolutely right. I've been very impressed with him. And, and I think that he's been one of the uh, more pleasant surprises um, this year as well, because I think that, you know, last year he was, he, I mean, he's, he's been a, a solid player. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I mean, he's, he's scoring well, he's battling for loose balls and he continues to be the, the effort guy basically. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think in the last, last lie. season, he sort of proved that he could do what was asked of him. And I think mm-hmm. that's so important for a player that doesn't come into the league with all of those laudits and expectations and, and, and things put on them when they're trying to just break into the league to prove yeah. that you can come in and not not make mistakes, play really good defense, and, and just basically do what's asked of you. He did that last season, and I think he came into this summer league, obviously, wanting to make a statement and saying, hey, if if given the opportunity, and and you know now that I'm, it looks like he's stronger physically. Uh, he can yeah. he can be an offensive threat. Now we haven't seen him necessarily pull that shot back and see if he can consistently knock down three pointers. And that's something that's always been mentioned with Trevion Graham that to right. to be a rotation player, he's going to have to be able to knock down an outside shot. So hopefully, as we go along in summer league, we can see that as well. I want to talk about yeah. Dwayne Bacon because I too think he's gotten off to a nice start. I do agree with Chris that he has been somewhat quiet, especially in that second game, though. In that first game, that uh, the bacon jam that he threw yes. down was sweet, savory, delicious. It was very nice. That's a statement kind of play. But I think he's a player that not signed to a contract yet. I think he's coming in and sort of you're you're surrounded by Briante Weber. Uh, Johnny O'Brien and Trevion Graham, who all saw regular season action for the Charlotte Hornets. So I think naturally you'd probably want to just sort of, again, play the Trevion Graham role, which is do what's asked of you. Don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's taken an, a couple of tough jumpers, uh, made some offense happen. The one thing that I've seen from Dwayne Bacon that I really like is athleticism. I mean, his ability to get to the cup and, and finish is is pretty extraordinary. And I'll be watching his defense moving forward as well to see, uh, you know, how how he's transitioning to that NBA level of defense. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that for him in particular, we basically drafted him because of his physical abilities, right? I mean, like he was he was supposed to be, you know, this athletically gifted, you know, this guy that again, I mean, I'm not really sure. At least when we drafted him on on. on Draft I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? He's he's got all the right parts. I'm just not sure how they put it together. Basically, like I mean, like he's got all the physical attributes that you would want out of an NBA player. But you know, what kind of player can he be? So I think that you know, so far he's he's been doing pretty okay. Um, I've 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 been pretty impressed with what he's been 
uh, doing so far. Um, and that's, I don't know if that's because that, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of pressure putting out, put on him or, well, I mean, there is pressure, but I mean, like, I don't know if there just was a whole lot of expectations put on him before, mm-hmm. you know, the summer league or going into this, or if it's because, you know, he's doing better than expected. So I just, I think, I think that remains to be seen. And finally, Claire, what do you think of this point system for Orlando Summer League? So it's you get a point for winning a quarter, and then I think you get three points for winning the game. And the point system, it will eventually translate into the seedings for the Orlando Summer League tournament. What do you think? They're trying to I, I know it's it's the question is, I guess, like who is it trying to make it more entertaining to watch? Is it trying to make it more competitive? Uh, and, and I guess the question is, like, who's the target? Are they trying to, um, you know, get the players and the coaches to be more competitive in summer league? Or are they trying to make it more entertaining to watch for people at home? What's going on with this point system? Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think that just kind of adds to the chaos of the of the summer league, to be honest with you. I mean, it's already pretty, pretty wild. And so, you know, I mean, I think that right now there's a lot of um, – there's, uh, you know, a lot of people that are going to watch the summer league and say, oh, well, yeah, you know, I remember when we won that first quarter, but then we lost the game. So, and like, I, I don't really know who it. No, no one's doing that. No one's ever. No one's ever going to yeah, do that. Like, no but, one's ever said that. No but it does. Said. It does set up situations like it, with 10 point blowouts at the end of games uh, where you have coaches calling timeouts who are losing by 10. Mm-hmm. And because there's a chance they could win that fourth quarter, I think it's it it adds a little bit of of different strategy uh, for I think I think personally I think the target is the the coaches and the players to keep things competitive even in a blowout to give because you don't want you know th- these things are so wild and the, the rosters are so uh, weird and a lot of teams are tinkering with different things uh, to give them something to play for each and every quarter despite. Whatever the the final score is, I think uh, just adds a little bit of an interesting wrinkle. And, and, I, and I get that, but I mean, like, if you really want to get teams to be competitive in the add last, add a four point like, shot, go big three with it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, if you really want players and teams to be competitive, especially during blowouts, or if you want people to, then you know, why don't you kind of assign like almost kind of like a Vegas system where, like, if it's you know a blowout by ten or more, you know, if you win by ten or more points, you get an extra point on the win or something like that, or if you lose by 10 or more points and you actually lose a point or something. So, I mean, like, I don't know what, like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of math and I'm not a big fan of math and mixing with my summer league. Uh, (laughs) Summer leagues is time to shut the brain down to just enjoy a little basketball in the off season. But yeah, but the way it is right now is that you could technically, like, even if you get, let's just say like the team had, you have two teams and, you know, team A wins, the first three quarters basically, but then like all of a sudden team B just wins the fourth quarter. And it's quarter essentially a tie. Points exactly. Wise. Exactly. So, I mean, like, and then they get blown out or something like that. Like they just had this amazing fourth quarter, which is what I think that they're trying to. I love how invested you are in summer league success. I mean, you are, you're just like hardcore <laughs> really into this summer now. league fan. I like it. All right, let's get out of here with a few more news items. The Hornets front office is down a man. Assistant general manager Chad Buchanan will leave to become the general manager of the Indiana Pacers. Buchanan joined the team three seasons ago. He played a key role in the Hornets front office during a time that has seen them trade for and retain Nick Batum, sign Jeremy Lin, 
draft Frank Kaminsky and Malik Monk, trade for Courtney Lee, Marco Bellinelli, and Dwight Howard, among other moves. When I read them all out like that, Claire, it's a little crazy how much the Hornets have accomplished in terms of just roster construction in only three seasons without losing the core that they drafted uh, during the beginning of Rich Cho's term. They've just been sort of picking around the edges. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whenever you see your staff get hired by other teams, number one, yeah, it's kind of sad because you're like, you know, I kind of I wish you'd say. It doesn't but, you happen know, with the Hornets, though. I'm sorry? It, it hasn't happened with the Hornets before. I mean, this is sort of relatively new. Well, I mean, well, in the last year, though, we've seen two pretty major components leave. First being Patrick Ewing. Right. And then second one being, you know, and so, I mean, I think that whenever, you know, obviously you want – your staff and whatnot to do well for, for your team. But at the same time, like when they get hired by other teams and they get sought out by other teams, and I know that Steven Silas has been sought out by other teams in the past as well. That's an indication of success. I mean, that means that like, Hey, the Hornets are doing something right here. That's right. Uh, this it, is something that normally we associate with the Carolina Panthers. They see their staff leave on and off. And I think it's, yeah, it's a testament to what uh, rich show Steve Clifford and Michael Jordan have built in Charlotte. And, I think, you know, if the Hornets were to win a playoff series or two, you you would see more interest in a Steven Silas. You know, I think Patrick Ewan had the the connection with school and the name recognition, but mm-hmm. some of these smaller pieces that may fly under the radar would get a lot more attention if the Hornets were to win a playoff series. So keep an eye on that. Plus, the Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets and first-round pick Malik Monk have reached terms on his first NBA deal. They inked the deal yesterday, Malik Monk has not played in summer league because of an ankle injury sustained in pre-draft workouts. Dwayne Bacon has yet to sign his deal, which uh, traditionally for deep mid to late second rounders would be unguaranteed heading into training camp. But good to see Malik Monk getting pinned to paper. He will be ready. All all signs point to him being ready for training camp and uh, uh, done with this ankle injury. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, you know, whenever I when I first heard about it, I kind of got a, my my knee jerk reaction. I guess was to be a little nervous just because of what happened with Noah Vonley a few years ago, um, where he missed summer um, summer league and just never really kind of gotten into the flow of everything. And you know, he went back between the D league and whatnot. So, but I mean, I think that you're right. Like all is Malik Monk is not Noah Vonley. I think that he's going to be ready. I think that he'll be good to go. Programming note, we are off the air tomorrow for the 4th of July. We end every show with Go Hornets, Go America, Let's Swarm Charlotte. Uh, The Go America part in part because despite our disagreements, our faults, and our failures, we still live in the greatest, most free, and most secure country the world has ever seen. And a lot went into that. A lot of sacrifices go into that and continue to. So enjoy tomorrow and check out some Hornets Summer League action as uh, they continue their Summer League journey in Orlando. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets and making us a part of your routine. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Go on to iTunes and search Locked On Podcast Network to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and uh, much more. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. We're back uh, on Wednesday with a recap of Tuesday's Summer League action. For Claire, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Napa know-how. 
takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 